And welcome to Comic Talkers, where comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. I'm William. And we are joined by the great, the legend, Larry Great himself, Darren Soto. <laughs> Darren, how is it going? It's good. It's good. Thanks for having me. Wouldn't you all agree this would be the podcast where we talk about why we love Batman over Superman? This is really one of the podcasts where we talk about this, why Batman would beat the crap out of Superman every time. <laughs> Let's start off our conversation here. Let's do a little something different. What about you, Will? What do you think? You put in a fight between Batman and Superman, who wins in your eyes? You know, morally, I want to say Superman, but ethically, I have to say Batman. Ethically, you have to say Batman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Darren, what about you? Who, who, who wins and why? Depends on who's writing him and writing this story. <laughs> okay, so let's go with actually... Let's actually introduce the topic and we'll explain that story here shortly. The topic for today is we're doing our top five storylines of Batman. This is part of our Batman month. Um, we wanted to address, you know, some different stories to you guys. Maybe you guys get into them. Maybe you won't. It all depends on each person. Um, why I said what I just said, um, because our number one here is one of our only rules. Our automatic number one comes from the world of Frank Miller, and it is The Dark Knight Returns. So this will not be on anybody's list. This is what made Batman what he is today, and this is a story pretty much of Batman who's been retired for so many years, comes back to the Gotham Eye, trying to help clean up Gotham again, and so on and so forth. But why we address that is Batman whoops Superman's butt in this story. And then Batman fakes a heart attack. So, you know, I guess it's a win-win situation for both of them. Mm -hmm. So in that case, Frank Miller, who do you think wins? Or Oh, uh, Batman. Batman. Okay. He, he showed it. So if you could choose a writer to actually write a fight about it, who would it be and why? And who? Okay. All right. That's an interesting. I would, I would like... Uh, even though I know he no longer does superhero books. Um, I would like to see Neil Gaiman write it. Ooh, interesting. That's actually an interesting story, but who wins in that fight? Do you think he'd still make Batman win, or do you think Superman would have a match? I feel like Neil Gaiman would have would have Batman win. Just looking at like the other stories where it's just like, I feel like he focuses on the everyday man a lot more. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like he would give very interesting insights to the fight, which like would build on to why Batman may not physically overpower him, but he will win in the end. Okay. No, interesting. Um, that is an interesting pick. I didn't even think about him because when I think about him, first person I go to, of course, is Tom King. I, you, you, to yeah. me, Tom King has a good storyline. He does make characters human-like. Um, I do like that feeling about him and that's, you know, to me, I think he would, if that was the case, Tom King would make Batman win every day. But again, he's tends to put something in there to spark interest that Superman might have to win. So it's an interesting storyline for him. Um, what about you, Willie? What would you say is, who would you choose as a writer to write a story about Batman versus Superman? You know, it's really a hard call i think it's like to me it's already an 
awkward situation kind of battle to begin with because it's like way, the way that they've been writing it so far, it's done really well where Batman is a very intelligent character and he can you know, come up with enough writer to that understands Batman and how he thinks it's going to be hard to adapt it right because I feel like if you're not like uh, if you're not like Tom King or any of the other predominant writers that have done Batman for a while and you don't understand how Batman thinks then you're just going to be writing Batman to win just because that's what he always does. So it's really hard to say for me who I I think would be a good person to write the story. And I honestly, I kind of feel like they shouldn't do that anymore. It's like, it's already been done a couple of times and we've seen some outcomes. I feel like, like if you, yeah, like I said, you have to be somebody that understands Batman when you're writing him to like perceive how he would handle the situations right other than just saying oh he's batman he's smart he'll figure it out (laughs) so (laughs) he got it so to go back to the topic so we're choosing our top five storylines of batman these are our personal picks these are what we would recommend to readers um anybody to pick up these are great storylines um was it will kind of give you a little bit of history why we like these comics um, so yeah, we're going to go ahead and get started. Mr. Darren, when you're ready, this is your number five pick? Uh, my number five pick is probably one that's on the other two's list. I feel like it's, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty solid pick. Um, the Court of Owls. I, I'll, I'll chime in with you. Cause that's my number four. That is my number four pick. Um, yeah. So tell the fans why you like Court of Owls first. I'll let you go first. Maybe in, maybe I'll bring it I up. Like, I like the Court of Owls because it's, first off, secret societies are just cool. But it's like, how good a secret society are you that you can hide in a detective's house <laughs> like for forever? And showing like that battle of wits as well as like Batman trying to survive now that he's aware of this of this group that's after him and they've shown they can get to him but he doesn't know who they are right i feel like it's such a cool like storyline I, I agree with you for anybody who doesn't know um it was created by scott snyder greg apulo and jonathan clapian um to me i look at it as it's probably one of the most psychological stories of batman the fact like you said he can't he doesn't know who he's really facing yet. And that's the biggest thing. It could be his best friend. It could be anybody. And it's such an interesting story. Um, so I take it as you're probably excited then for the Gotham Knights game because they are the main villains, the Court of Owls. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. I, and like when the game comes on for pre-order, I'm buying, I'm going to pre-order it right away. That is a game I'm looking forward to. Um, again, I, it's, you know, I agree with you. I really don't have anything else to say about it. I, what was it? 
I think it pushes not just Batman to his physical peak, but it actually points, pushes him more mentally. And the fact that it introduces such a fearsome group and whoever really thought, you know, like when we look at Batman, they make the biggest villain a clown. Mm -hmm. But really, when you really think about it, one of the enemies of Bat is an owl. So it's kind of interesting to see that. And it's in the fact that it's in a grant, they've hid away for centuries. Nobody knows who they are. And that's why I, th I agree with you. I like the Court of Owls. I put it as my number four. So my number four is covered now. We don't even have to talk about it. <laughs> that's, that's it. It's gone. What about you? Or did it make your list or did it make honorable mentions? It didn't make my list. Honestly, I didn't even remember that one until it was discussed uh, with you much later. And since I already had my list, I kind of didn't want to like take place as some, one of the other ones because I like all the other ones a, a whole lot as well. So I guess for me, it would fall onto an honorable mention. Okay. That's fair. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, if you guys are interested in watching the animated movie, I believe they made that called Batman and Son or Batman and Robin. Uh, yes. I believe so because it has talent in it. And I know it was yeah. a mouse, but I believe it was Batman and Robin, if I'm not mistaken. That's what's the name of it. Um, it's not always the best movie adaptation of it. I hope they do more when live action, because I think it would have to make a really good live action film. But we'll see. Maybe get Christopher Nolan to direct something more psychological. Like <laughs> um, so no, great pick. Um, so that is Darren's number five, my number four, Court of Owls. Um, Willie, we're going to jump to your number five. All right. So for my number five, uh, I chose this partially because, you know, I love ninjas and samurais and all that stuff. Uh, I chose Batman Ninja. <laughs> the, the anime version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The other part of that is because I think it's a very interesting take, not only in Batman, but also in uh any comic like you don't do a lot of i mean there is quite a bit but you don't do a lot on one of the, like the main characters when it comes to time travel and uh not just sending the character to like the future or the past but sending him to an era of time in a place where they actually in my opinion, are slightly more proficient in their, uh, like with their expertise. So in Batman Ninja, uh, in a fight with Gorilla Grodd, Batman gets sent back to uh, like feudal Japan where he's encountered with like ninjas and samurai. And with his expertise in combat, he's able to actually become a very proficient warrior in ninja where he can fight back and uh, figure out the way to get back to his timeline. And it's, it's a very interesting story. I really enjoyed it when I read it. Oh, and it's a great movie too. The fact that it's probably- I haven't watched the movie yet. That's the sad thing. It, it's probably one of the most, maybe, Grant, maybe Darren, you'll agree with me too. It is probably one of the most underrated Batman stories. I actually do like the, the anime or the anime more than the book but the anime actually was really interesting. The fact yeah, it was, uh, 
it's definitely like rendered like in that 3D style, which is like usually when stuff when stuff does that, I'm like, what is this? But then it's just like it works well yeah. here. I, I the only thing I have to complain about that one is they make Red Hood look like a doofus in that movie because of the he really does look like a doofus. His helmet and everything just looks like garbage. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, give him some cool design, even if it looks like a devil mask. Give him something. Don't give him this crappy little long head helmet that doesn't even belong on. What I thought they missed, they missed out on an opportunity. They could have given him like the red Tengu masks. They could have. That would have. I feel like that would have been something that would have fit for Red Hood's character. But I mean, still works out. Oh, great pick, Will. That is a great pick. So we will jump to my number five. Now, everybody knows, it's like I said, I'm a huge Tom King fan. So I felt like I couldn't have a list without a Tom King story. Unfortunately, this was his end of his run of his main Batman run. Um, last 11 issues to be exact. From 75 to 85, I am going with the world of City of Bane. That is <laughs> City of Bane, um, what was it? it's just a great story. Um, it pretty much what I got from it. It was pretty much Batman at his lowest point of his life, uh, which was weird because of who really inflicted that on him too. Which mm-hmm. was out of another world. It was Flashpoint Batman, which was just like, why? But when you really get his story, you wanted him to be happy. You didn't want him to be Batman. But even then, it's like you got all his villains involved. You guys, <laughs> you really want to screw up his world. And yet, it was one of those things, but it still made sense. It made for a good story. Um, as the villains of Gotham City, you know, pretty much with the help of Batman himself or Flashpoint Batman, um, tearing down, tearing the Batman down pretty much. He, they tore him down bit by bit. And it's up. And what I love about the story is the fact that. Bruce comes back swinging hard. Like when he finally makes men's with Catwoman, he finally gets able to get back up and go take back Gotham. And this is after the death of Alfred. For spoiler, again, for a book that came out a long time. But you ruined it. Gosh, but Alfred's death is what really changed him. And the fact that it, what was it? The story was, if I'm not mistaken, Darren. Willie, I think you said it was on your list somewhere. Yeah, uh, that was actually my number two on my list. Okay. So if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Bane, didn't Bane warn if any Bat family member was caught or seen, he would kill Alfred? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, that's what ended up happening. And then that's when Robin comes back into the picture and snaps. He snaps, Bane snaps Alfred's head or neck. So, yeah, I, I I don't believe that would really work though. Alfred's kind of a kind of a beast. Damien, Damien, Damien ruined it all again. No, <laughs> Damien. Um, but again, some of the points I like there are great stakes on the on the line for Batman. Not only that, it includes pretty much Batman's rogue gallery to the T. And what I love about it is most of them are cops. That's what I love about the whole story. You got Joker, you have Riddler at a crime scene investigating. And then you have, um, what's his face? Um, Hugo, oh gosh. Hugo Strange? Yes, he's the commissioner. 
that's what was like, oh God, this is really going to go bad if he's the commissioner. Um, it shows Bruce at his lowest point, but even then it shows him how he can come back swinging hard and he can still be happy with his life. He doesn't have to be sad and lonely. You know, he doesn't have to be happy by just being with a woman that he loves and that's it. He can still be happy by being Batman and still trying to clean up the streets. Um, that's what I love about the story. It shows a comeback story for Batman again, because again, it shows Bane beating him. It shows him that Bane and top Flashpoint Batman took him to his lowest point again. And he still came back swinging again. Bane should just take a yeah. page out of that book and say, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm done. yeah, I remember after I read it, um, I saw somebody like post an interesting query on it where like with the story like if you think about it how Bane is like doing everything he's in a position where he could take over the city but not just like not just take it over but still make it better like he can in, like improve the city he can improve Gotham but it would be at the risk of his rule so just like is it really a bad thing for him to rule if he can improve everything around him or like 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 how, how I, I don't know I still don't know how to think about that because it's like he's obviously a bad guy and he wants like some personal gain out of it but he can guarantee like a great future for the city so it's it's a definitely an interesting concept to think about. I agree. No, that's what was it? So just to recap, Darren's number five was Court of Owls. What was it? Willie's. Yours was Batman Ninja. Mine was um, City of Bane. And then my number four has already been announced. It is the Court of Owls, um, which is right here. By the way, even Darren, you can agree with me or not. Great artwork. It yeah, is. wonderful artwork. It is some great artwork. Um, so we're going to go ahead and go to Mr. Darren's number four. So, or yeah, so what's your number four, Mr. Darren? All right. Uh, I'm going to preface this by saying, hear me out. Uh, <laughs> My my number four is uh, Hong Kong Fui and Batman's crossover. Oh. It's I'm I'm joking. That's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think that was his his Looney Tune crossover. No, it was Elmer Fudd and Tom King wrote it. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was not that. Um, my my number four is actually going to be uh, the Dark Detective from DC's Future State Run. Oh yeah. That is such a great story. I like that. Unfortunately, they didn't even make my list, but it's such an interesting story that they've done with it. Interesting story, great artwork. The fact that, you know, the, the magistrates took over Gotham and pretty much took away everything from Bruce Wayne and like destroyed the Batman persona. He still goes out there and it's just like, uses his last favor from an underground doctor to get patched up from his from his run and now he's just out back in the streets 
doing things the dirty way. No, that, I, I remember reading it. And at first I was kind of skeptical about it. Cause I was like, oh no, here comes another event that I wasn't looking forward to. And it's, it's awesome design. Yeah, really great design. Yeah. That is a good design. I The one I also like, too, from that run is the other Batman story that was going on. The next, oh, the next uh, Future State, the next Batman? I actually didn't mind that one. I thought that, that was an interesting turn. It was something new. Lucas Fox? Yeah. I thought that was interesting to see that happen. And it was just, what was it? Like, I will admit, Future State shocked me a lot. Because I was going in with like low expectations, like this is not going to be a good run, and yet it shocked me. There it was, was there was a lot of, of good stories. Like Harley's was good. Swamp Thing was really nice. Wonder Woman. Uh, I really liked the Dark Detective, the next Batman. Um, like the Justice League and Robin story. That was yeah. Good. Robin's was a good one. Really good stuff. That'll never go anywhere because it's <laughs> Well, have you been reading the new Future Gotham storyline? Future State Gotham? I haven't. It is good. When you have a chance, you need to read it. It is an interesting story. And it's still going. It's an ongoing series right now. I, I have we have the uh DC uh app. Um, yeah. you know, DC, if you want to sponsor this podcast, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, exactly. We have the we app. <laughs> <laughs> we would love you guys to do it. <laughs> and the app, it, it's, it's, uh, I can definitely read it on there because there's just so much stuff with the whole future state uh, lore that I wish could still continue. Like, it doesn't have to be main continuity, but it would just be fun to have these books still come out. Right. Right. Well, even then, those storylines introduced us to new things, too, like Task Force Z, which is now a big book in DC stables right now. And that's pretty much think of a zombie team like Task Force X. But it's yeah. zombies, and Jason Todd is the one in charge of it. So it's actually kind of an interesting story to see that. Um, there's just a lot of good storylines that came out of it or set things up that is just going to be really good in the near future. So, um, no, great pick. That is such a, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I was just like, no, I can't do that. And then, no, good, good pick. All right, Will, what's your number four? All right, so for my number four, I picked kind of an underrated story. Um, it's one that not a lot of people talk about. It is uh, Hong Kong Fui and Batman. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, How dare you? No, for my, my number four is actually a very popular one. And, the uh, last couple of years, I think it was, uh, they did an m- animated movie adaptation. It was Son of Batman. Oh, yeah. So Batman and Robin. Grant yeah. Run. Yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that, uh, that adaptation of Batman and that adaptation of Robin. Well, Damian Wayne isn't my favorite Robin. I thought he still was a very interesting character and he had a very like cool upbringing thinking about like where he came from how he was raised and who raised him it's like it's a it's kind of like the storyline i never thought would ha- would happen but i'm glad did so but yeah i just like seeing how batman reacts to finding out that he has a son and taking him under his wing it 
is a very different take than how he's done the last couple of Robins. So it was one that I really enjoyed. And it's honestly one that I've read twice. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, I told you, you again, the Grant Morrison after we started reading Doom Patrol. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love Morrison's writing. He is such a great writer and, Granted, like I told you, he is the one that actually made me start appreciating Superman a little bit more. Even though I don't like Superman more than Batman, he wrote the story called All-Star Superman, which is Superman's dying. He's pretty much facing all these villains for the last time. It is such a great story. Um, he's yeah. also wrote my favorite Justice League run, plus also Doom Patrol. So that's one of my favorite. And Animal Man, which is one of your favorites as well. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. And then, like I said, we already went through my number four. So so what was it? Let's go ahead and go to our number threes. So Darren, what is your number three? Uh, number three, I feel like uh, belongs to Hush. It's on my list. It's my number two. Oh. It is my number three. <laughs> <laughs> so we all got covered on this one. So we can go ahead and cover it. That's no problem. Um, so tell us a little bit of reason why you like Hush so much, Darren. I like Hush because like the mystery aspect of it is so good. And honestly, I read Hush after I saw the movie because I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. I didn't know the Riddler was like this. And then I read Hush and I'm just like, that's not what happened. This is different. <laughs> oh. So I was the opposite of you, Darren. I actually read Hush before. I read it. It was one of the first books I started collecting and um, when it was coming out. And and when they made the movie, I'm not going to lie, it kind of irritated me a little bit. Because at first I was so excited for it because it's like, finally, they're doing something. And then you see who the villain is. And it's just like, that is not. And then you see Thomas Elliott die. And it's like, what are they doing? Like Spoiler. Thought, yeah. yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> For a few years, a crappy one, unfortunately. I literally thought when Thomas Elliott died in that movie, I went, oh, that's got to be Clayface. Come on, let it be Clayface at this point. And then it, and then they never brought him back. And I was just like, we're done. Like, this is, no, <laughs> I think that was one of the only animated movies. When I saw who it was, I was like, okay, we're stopping. I'm not going to watch this again. And But the book is so interesting because Hush is such an interesting villain. He is. Yeah. He is an interesting villain. Um, Willie, why do you like it? I'll go into my reasons why, but I want to see why you like this story. I mean, you've already kind of said it. It's just because the villain is so interesting. Uh, He's one of the more... (sighs) Interesting villains. (laughs) Yeah, interesting. (laughs) Because when I think of a villain for Batman, all of them have a unique like portion of them where as you said before bane is the strength um riddler's the riddler's the like the intellectual the joker is the psychotic and i feel like hush was one of those villains that kind of did his best to encapsulate every portion of batman and kind of like kind of like make his own version of Batman as Hush. And he just encapsulated so many like good qualities of Batman into a villain. 
kind of like how Red Hood is as a villain, where the only difference is that Red Hood's not afraid to kill people. I found a lot of similarities with Hush. Right. And just like seeing the development of that character when you find out who he was, it just made it that much more interesting and that much more like I guess devastating is the right word Mm -hmm. like figuring it all out and like getting the answers to this mystery and then figuring out what has to happen to stop him right It, it was such an interesting take that I found myself just like totally into every single page trying to figure out the mystery of who he was he, and the relationship of Catwoman and Batman being explored very heavily. Yeah. Yes. That, that's one I liked. And I, I think that was one of the only things I liked about the movie because they really did push them together, which I enjoyed. But I also like the aspect of Batman and Catwoman's one thing, but Bruce and Selina are two different people. Yes. I like that. I like how they wrote that. Um, for anybody who doesn't know or is interested, this book was written by uh, Jeff Loeb drawn by the great Stan or, or Jim Lee. I was going to say Stan Lee. Holy crap. Um, hey, it's John Brothers. Brothers. Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the other reasons I enjoy it, this is the first time you see Jason Todd. This is the first time you see him come back or played as he was coming back and really start screwing with Batman before Under the Red Hood. So it's an interesting story there. On top of that, the artwork by Jim Lee is just fantastic. To me, maybe, Darren, what do you think about Jim Lee's artwork? He, to me, he is one of the cornerstone artists of Batman now. Like, you can't think of a story with not having Jim Lee art. Jim's, Jim Lee's art is really good. It's always been something where it's just like, especially seeing, like, the pencils, I'm like, man, there's so many little ticks here. The agitation I would have trying to replicate something like that is just very prominent. <laughs> It, it is a it is fantastic to me like would you put him if you went top five artists for batman would you put him in your top five i would actually have to look i would i would have to think about it only because a lot of the art i like is is just a li- like a little bit different because mm-hmm. like greg capullo's run on batman is like oh you you are amazing at drawing this person Right. But then I'm like, I also like the Batman, like that Jackie Chan adventure style. I'm like, I would put that up there because personally, I like that angular look. Right. So I would, I would have to think about it. I mean, he's definitely right now. He's there uh, in the comment section. If I'm wrong, please state I, it as loudly, <laughs> as loudly as you want. I'm not gonna see it. So <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs> Hashtag Jim Lee is the best. Who are you talking about? No. <laughs> the funniest, um, the funniest thing that I can think of with Jim Lee is a. Uh, and again, I like Jim Lee. Um, but this this comment might sound a little mean. Is uh, when Jim Lee and Kim Jung Gi were drawing at Balt at uh, not Baltimore at New York Comic Con together. They were drawing like Wonder Woman or something like that. Jim Lee did this quick sketch while Kim Jung Gi was doing this like really awesome looking drawing, and Jim and Jim Lee kind of looked a little like, 
uh, was just like, well, what am I supposed to do? He's still doing stuff. So he just draws more instead of like adding to the drawing. <laughs> he just looks like, crap. <laughs> He's trying to show me up. <laughs> no, Batman Hush to me, I, I was shocked. I was going to be shocked if it didn't make all three of our lists. Um, that is such an iconic storyline. And also the fact that it uses every villain from Batman's Rogue Gallery. Yeah. It, like, I love the Superman fight there, too, where you have him being, you know, what was it, starstruck in some ways by Poison Ivy and going after Batman. That was, and then I love the movie part of it where they throw Lois off the building to try to, like, distract him. And then, and then <laughs> what's this green lipstick? Oh, we'll talk about it later. Like, <laughs> and they just fly off. That, that, I did like that scene, but granted, Batman Hush to me is probably one of the best books. Um, it, oh, good. So it ranked, it ranked as my number two, ranked as Willie's and Darren's number three. Did you guys want to add anything else to Batman Hush? Before no. we forward. I'm good. All right. Um, so we'll go to my number three. Um, I'd be shocked if none of you guys have this story on your list as well. I am also going back to Jeff Loeb for another story he wrote. Tim Sale as well is the artist. It's a 13-issue run, written when I was about either one or two years old. So I didn't read oh. it. Um, I'm talking about Batman the Long Halloween. That was my number two. Okay, we can go right ahead and jump right into this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Batman, this is the story, for anybody who doesn't know, is about a mysterious killer by the name of Holiday who murders people on holidays at least once a month. Um, some of the reasons I liked it, it is the origin story of Two-Face. So you really get the fall of Harvey Dick in the storyline. Um, this makes what you feel is just a funny character, or funny villain, Calendar Man. It makes him mm -hmm. a serious threat to Batman. Um, the fact that it explores, and I loved how they released it, was once a month. So it was each holiday. So it was kind of interesting to see it. Um, the artwork by Tim Sale is also amazing in this and to me this is probably one of the best detective stories or mysteries that Batman's had to solve um, what, so what's your views on it Darren let's see what I think that uh, I agree that it's it's a great detective story especially since it feels like if I'm not mistaken it's, a, it's an early version of Batman it's like him like very early on and seeing how when you're reading it you're like oh it's this guy i know it's this guy and then in the next issue it's just like well they're dead it's like well i wasn't never i was never wrong i never completely agreed that it was that guy <laughs> so like it's the buildup was done so well and like you said the art is like so abnormal for a batman book in my opinion that it was great yeah I'll admit the way they drove drew Two Face in the story was like, oh my god, kind of. It, it was so creepy. It just as the way yeah. the place was and everything just looked so freaky in the story. Um, now I have to ask you too, Darren, because they did release a movie just recently. Uh, yes. Halloween. Did you like the movie the way it turned out, or were you kind of one of them on the fence, like it could have been better? Okay. The long Halloween 
part one, I really liked. I thought the first movie was really, really good. Um, and then like the part two, I was just like, you, you didn't have to do that, <laughs> but uh, I'm okay with it at the end of the day. I'll rewatch both of them, but I like the first part a lot better. No, I enjoyed it a lot. It was, I, now the real question is again, spoiler, I don't care at this point. <laughs> um, not trying to sound inconsiderate. It's been out for a while. Um, so the killer, we find out if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I've read the whole on Halloween, um, is Calvin. Now, yes. in the story or in the movie, we find out it's Harvey Dent's wife. Yes. That's an interesting term, but it was one of them I just felt like Batman just let get away in some ways. If that makes yeah. sense. Because he was he finds out and he's just like, don't you ever do it again. And then he just leaves. And it just <laughs> leave my city. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those like you let that villain get away, but yet so many others can do it. Like it's just one of those like, nah, you just don't fit well. Like Yeah, I feel like it's because Batman at least when it came to uh, Harvey Dent's wife in the movie, uh, he could see another broken person. Like it's, it's for somebody, especially like for somebody like him, who's just like, I'm broken. That's why I do this. And to see her, who's just like, you know, you're, you've been mentally breaking as time has gone on, gone on, especially like with, you know, your husband and everything like that. It's, I see what happened. I don't condone it. I'll give you one chance leave. Yeah. Now, if this was Dark Knight Returns Batman, he would have broke her jaw. And <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the end of it. What do you do? Bam. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I agree with you there 100%. I think it was a different twist, but I agree with you. Part one was amazing. Second part was just like, you, I agree with you. Didn't you didn't it. have to. You could have literally kept it to the book, but you know, sometimes changing it up a little bit isn't bad. And you know, overall, the the twist um, doesn't change really how I feel about it. I'm I would still watch it again. It doesn't really change my views, mm -hmm. but it it is a question of why did you feel like you had to do that? Right. No, I agree with you. That is hundred percent. I agree with you there. Um, so. We already know now Darren's number two. We've already went in my number two, which is Hush. Willie, what's your number two? We're going to go straight to our honorable uh, I think we went over my number two, City of Bane. Oh, City of Bane. Okay, so we've already done all of our <laughs> Um, So let's just give a rundown. Willie, what was your top or your five to number two? One more time. Give the fans a right. So my number five was Batman Ninja. Number four, Son of Batman. Three was Hush. Number two was City of Bane. And then, Darren, what was your five through two? I had, uh, in no order, Hush, The Dark Detective, uh, Long Halloween, um, and Court of Owls. Okay. All right. So before we go into our number one picks, I kind of felt like we need to talk about our honorable mentions. Stories, these are stories that almost made our list, um, but just barely was nicked off it. Um, so, Darren, let's go ahead and start with you. What would be your... What would be your honorable mentions? Um, my honorable mention, I will say uh, World's Finest. Okay. 
Uh, I will also say, even though it's not a Batman book specifically, but it revolves around Batman, Tower of Babel. Um, and uh, I kind of mentioned this early, but like the Batman, I love the art style and the the way they tried to make Batman into a digestible horror comic for children. I think that was great. Okay. Willie, what about you? What were some honorable mentions? So some of my honorable mentions, um, one of them was Court of Owls because I just didn't think about it at the time and I didn't think about it till you guys mentioned it. Um, my other one was kind of one I think that would be controversial to some people. It was Killing Joke. The only reason, yeah, the only reason that that one is honorable mention and not part of my top five, I just felt like that one was too obvious. I, I think that everybody loves Killing Joke, just like the Dark Knight series. I feel like it's it's an amazing version of like Batman and story to tell, but it's just too obvious to be everyone's favorite. So I wanted to leave that one out. No, I, I see what you were saying there. That That's no problem. Did you have any other honorable mentions or was that it? No, that was it. Okay. Um, my honorable mentions, I also had Tower of Babel on my list. Um, to me, it just shows you how smart Batman really is. And he called yeah. one of my favorite things in that comic and the movie. If you didn't know, they made a movie called Justice League Doom. Um, one of my favorite lines is what, what was it they said? What if we did that to you, or we wouldn't do that to you? And Batman just goes, You're believe your damn fools. That you're like, damn fools. That is like the best scene and the best, like to me, it's just like, yeah, he's kind of got a point because he could even go rogue and what are you going to do? And the level of trust he had in them was just like, you know, what's, you have these contingency plans for us. What's the contingency plan for you? And he's like, the Justice League. Yeah. The Justice League will take me down. And that's such an, but the, I think the only difference I liked about the book more than I liked about the movie, because in the movie, it was a whole team. Yeah. And the book, it was just one villain. And it was Ra's al Ghul. All people, it's Ra's al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Um, my other ones was Batman Year One. Felt like I couldn't have, I to me, Brink Miller is a great writer. That's why his best book ever is his number one, automatic number one. But I feel like Year One was another good book of his. Um, starting to talk about his early years and Batman's early years and crime fighting. I also put the killing joke in my top honorable mentions. Yes. Yeah. The only reason I, <laughs> I didn't feel like this was a Batman story. I felt like it was more of a Joker story. And I didn't, you know, it just wasn't for my thing. But there's things that happen in this story that really set the tone for later stories with Joker. And it set with, what was it? It put, or, or, what was it, Barbara Gorda in a wheelchair? It was a lot that happened in this comic that set in, um, pretty much set in Batman mythos forever now. And the last one is another artist I feel like you can't do without, or can't go without mentioning is Batman Ego. Drawn and written by the great Darwin, late, great, late Darwin Cook. Such great artwork. He, it's just one of my favorite stories. It is a very psychological story of Batman as well. Um, but I have to ask before we go to our number one, since we talked about Killing Joke, here's a real good question for fans and for us as well. We can discuss this really quickly before we go to our number one. Killing Joke, last scene, 
Batman and Joker are laughing. Then all of a sudden it stops. Do you think Batman killed Joker? Did you think yes. he finally snapped and killed Joker? Without a doubt, yes. You can ask the question now, isn't it? <laughs> That's why it's a one shot so we could bring him back. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like in in the killing joke, like Joker and Batman, like with that moment, I I would like to say he didn't. Because if he if he does, then that's the end of Batman, Joker won. Right. But if he didn't, Batman still Joker doesn't win. And it's like everything he did uh in in that series is just like you still didn't break the bat, like mentally. Right. You know, and that's that's what I want to happen. But the idea like of him, did he do it? That's why it's like a it's such a good question, but in my heart of hearts, I'm going to say he didn't do it. <laughs> I would like to say, I would like to, I think I'm the opposite of you. I would like to say he, or I agree, actually not the opposite. I would actually agree with you. I'd like to say he didn't because to me, that's breaking Batman's moral code. On top of that, he feels like he could help the Joker, but at the same time, I think that's why he would, because he would start realizing there was no hope for him. There was no way in saving him it's time to put this guy out of his misery in some ways. Yeah, but killing, killing the Joker is like killing himself. Like he, it's it's not just like for what the what Batman stands for, but because like the Joker and Batman, like determination wise, are the same person. Right. There's 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 really not much of a difference between their drive. Right. They just have different goals. Right. Right. Yeah, I kind of feel like at the end of Killing Joke, it's. The, to the point where Joker has done so many things to Batman and the people in Gotham and like every single time Batman would just capture him and throw him in Arkham Asylum and I, after everything that happens in this story it kind of reaches the turning point where it, like Batman can't do anything about him anymore because it's he's starting to realize that it it's not worth keeping him alive anymore because yeah, he's just going to hurt more and more people that are close to Batman. So he, he decided to make a decision. And while technically, yes, that would mean it would be the end of Batman, but you could think of that as like the perfect final story for Batman. Like if it, if it was going to be to the point where right after that, there was no more stories, no more work done with Batman. I would have thought that would be the perfect way to finish off the story of Batman. No, I agree. No, that's a good good point. I thought I'd bring up that conversation where we really got to our number ones. Or for some of us, it's our number or our number. This is all our number twos in some ways because we all agree Dark Knight Returns is the automatic number one. So <laughs> Darren, what would you say is your number one or your number two in some ways to underneath Dark Knight Returns? Underneath Dark Knight Returns? Yeah, what would be your number one that would be under, like, right under Dark Knight Returns? Sorry. Outside before that we mentioned? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. So, I mean, what's your number one pick? 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I mean, like... you're number two in some ways because Dark Knight Returns is like our all of our number ones. What would be considered your number two book or your number one on this list? Uh, Batman Adventures. Ah, uh, that one. Who doesn't? Who doesn't like Batman the animated series as a book? Like it's. I <laughs> Come on. I. <laughs> I agree. I'm not going to lie. It has some interesting stories. It, it really does. I'm not going to ever lie about that. So, but here's a real question. You've been reading the newest ones lately? The I have all of the newest ones. The Batman, the Adventures <laughs> continue. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm missing some from season two, mm-hmm. but uh, that will soon be corrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's such an interesting story, but okay, let's see. Why why do you like the Batman adventure so much? Like what would be like your reasoning behind it? Uh, because again, like, you know, uh grew up on Batman the animated series and to see it continue and then see how they're adding more characters, like when they added Deathstroke mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like on like seeing that cover for issue two, it was like, ooh what's happening here like what's gonna go on and it's just it's just so good i think i like that series for the fact too that they brought back the original creators of the animated series too not bruce tam yeah and paul dini paul dini yeah um one of the other characters i enjoy that they brought in jason todd they brought yeah and i like it it, and it's like with the comic they can expand on so much more than the uh than the show could ever since it was still targeted towards kids. And just because I thought of it, there was, there was one more honorable mention I wanted to put out there. I just remembered it. Um, the White Knight. Yep. Yep, that's a good story. Okay. Yeah. I really can't sit here and say there aren't that many good or bad Batman stories. Anybody has a different list. I almost toyed with putting um, No Man's Land in my top. Yeah. That's a good story. For anybody who doesn't know, that's pretty much the premise of Dark Knight Rises. It is, it is such a great story. And But yeah, so no. Batman Adventures is an interesting pick, though. I, I was curious to see if anybody was going to put that on their list, too. But what I'm more curious about... Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm more curious to see what Willie put down on his number one. Because I have a All feeling right. I know what it is, but I, I'm going to let you talk. All right, so for my number one, technically it is a Batman story, but technically it's also another uh, comic story. I put Batman TMNT. (laughs) I love this story, not only because Batman, but also because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like such a well-written story and the artwork is fantastic. And on top of that, you get to see different, you get to see a different version of all the characters, like of all the villains that Batman encounters, because they're not just, not just the villains that we see in all the other versions, but you get to see how they would be in the TMNT world with the mutating ooze. So like, it's, it's such an interesting way to see like what animal version of their character would be. And to name off a few, you have uh, uh, Mr. Freeze who turns into a polar bear, which is obvious. Mm -hmm. 
and you have um, Harley Quinn who turns into a hyena, which fits because she has pet hy- pet hyenas. Yep. And it's like they pick animals that they turn into that fits their characteristics. So it's like it's so cool to see how they how they worked this story into play and to see how uh, the turtles interacted with Batman. And personally, when I first read it, I thought like this is kind of cool because when you think about it, all the turtles kind of have little aspects of Batman in them. So like the leading and quick thinking aspect of Leonardo you get in Batman, the technological and intellectual side you get from Donatello. The best turtle. Um, yeah, turtle. sure. Why not? Um, yes, don't even argue it. <laughs> but you get you get the combat prowess from uh, Michelangelo, and you get the uh, determination and I guess rage from uh, Raphael. So just seeing like these different aspects of the turtles reflecting in Batman as they like coincide with one another is a like very different and interesting approach. So that's why that's why I enjoyed that one. Oh, great pick, bud. I I what was it? If I'm not mistaken, that was one of the first collaborations with IDW and DC, if I'm not mistaken. Because I believe so, yeah. Publishers on it. It's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so no, great picks, you guys. Um, but I think I chose a better pick. So better not- than, than Donatello? Oh heck yeah. Well, thanks for undermining my picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I was being, but uh, I went with not only what I feel is the best one of Batman's best storylines, but I went with Batman's best animated movie. I went with Under the Red Hood. By far, surprise, I think. Surprise, surprise. I, I would say that's arguable if it's the best movie. <laughs> best, best animated movie. One of the best Batman animated movies. If we rate the top five, it would be up there. That's it. It, it wouldn't be number one. No, uh, no, I'll agree. <laughs> like, I mean, newer animation. If we were going all time, of course, it'd be Massive Fantasm. That would be the best. <laughs> but Under the Red Hood would be in my at least my top three for sure, if not my number That's three. fair. That's fair. I'm so, just pulling some legs. Um, for anybody who doesn't know this story, um, written by the great Judd Winnick, um, this story really talks about Batman's greatest failure, which is Jason Todd. For anybody who doesn't know who Jason Todd is, he's the second Robin after Dick Grayson. Gets also the- known as the, the boy voted to die. Yep. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know the story, um, they... People hated him so much that they made a telephone poll where people could call in and either decide to kill Jason Todd or keep him alive. And if there's not, if I'm not mistaken, there was a rumor that a guy had like an auto dial and pretty much just yeah. to kill the whole time. So congratulations, you successfully killed Batman's sidekick and probably one of other, one, probably another good storyline that wasn't even mentioned today, death in the family. In the family, not yeah, death. And by far, I love this return of him. It comes out, you know, it, it, the sad thing about Red Hood, how he was able to be resurrected is really confusing. Um, and then they retconned it. So for originally for people who 
read the book when it came out. It was Super Brand Prime, pretty much hit reality, um, causing changes throughout the DC con DC universe. Essentially, one of the big ones was Jason Todd coming back to life. Um, it was later retconned that Rachel Ghul and Talia resurrected him in the last respite. And it started a questionable romance, which I didn't like with Talia and Jason. That was a weird romance. Um, was it? I didn't like it. It no, wasn't bad as Jason Todd and Starfire. That I could accept more. Not, <laughs> no. Not no one will replace Dick Grayson. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's easy. Barbara Gordon. Simple. That's how you fix that relationship. It's Barbara Gordon. Anyway, this story is such a great story. And the fact that it really introduced you to, to one of my favorite Batman characters, which is Jason Todd, a.k.a. Red Hood. I love the story that it does involve Black Mask, and he is a pretty vital part of the story. He is. On top of that, you have Mr. Freeze, you have Joker. He's out to kill Joker, period. He wants his revenge. One of my favorite things I loved from the comic, and I love how the movie adapted, or adapted it, was the speech at the end. I'm not talking about Two-Face. I'm not talking about Scarecrow. I'm talking about him. Just him. You know, pretty much confessing to, or trying to understand why Batman didn't get revenge or avenge Jason. Because it, okay. it says, Jason it says it in the book. I would, if it was me, if it was you that was put in that grave, I would have pretty much searched him out and killed him. No matter what. You know, it is such a sad story that I will say right now is one of the only Batman comics at that ending scene was the only ones that made me cry. If you can't, if you, and especially in the movie, if you don't cry near the end, I will say right now, you have no soul. It is such a great line. It is such a great, like Darren's like, I guess I have no soul then. <laughs> that's that's actually exactly what I was thinking. Like it, it I felt it. I was like, oh, that, that's, that's sad. Not a lot of movies can make me cry. Yeah. Yeah, and even then, it's such, even with the scene between Jason and Batman in the apartment with Joker tied up, it mm -hmm. is such a powerful scene. And and people loved when Jason Todd came back and then he became a mainstay in the DC universe. This is, to me, by far, one of Batman's best stories. And it's such an interesting one because he's trying, he's having a hard time and now he's having to live the past with a great mistake. So it's an interesting story with him, and I enjoy it a lot. And um, yeah, so Batman Under the Red Hood was my my number one pick. No, with all great podcasts, just like Batman, it all has to come to an end during the morning, right? He he has Batman's to coming to an end. Batman's come, no, no, <laughs> no. When it comes morning, Batman's done for the day. So just like our great podcast, we come to the end of our discussion. Um, Mr. Darren, thank you for joining us, Darren. Tell the fans where they can find you. You can find me on Instagram at the.soto, Facebook, the underscore Soto, and orangeteastudios.com. If the fans don't realize this by now, then they should be watching more. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I've never said this before. And to make sure that I've never said it, you all should watch it. Yeah. To make sure I've never said this before. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know. I don't watch them. Oh, well. <laughs> How dare you know? <laughs> um, 
You can find Comic Talkers at Instagram at Comic Talkers. You can also listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And without further ado, my name is Brandon. I'm William. And thank you for listening. Bye.